how clumsy she was at needlework, and how it was raising three rambunctious boys one after another. Soon her voice would grow soft as velvet, and she'd say, That was all before my little Katie came along, as though my coming was a wondrous thing, and it seemed to me, listening to her weave her stories for all the rest of the women, that this must be how it'd be when the Lord God above welcomed you into his kingdom. Mama's love was heavenly, all right. It just seemed to pour right out of her and into me. Then, long after the women had hitched their horses to the family buggies and headed home, I'd trudge out to the barn and sit in the hayloft, thinking, thinking long and hard about the way Mama always put things. There was probably nothing to ponder, really, about the way she spoke of me. At least that's what Mary Stoltzfus always said, and she should know. From my earliest memories, Mary was usually right. I was never one to lean hard on her opinion, though. Still, we did everything together, even like the same boys sometimes. She was very bright, got the highest marks through all late grades at the one-room schoolhouse where all us Amish kids attended. After eighth grade, Mary finished up with book learning and turned her attention toward becoming a wife and mother some day. Being older by two years, I had a head start on her. So we turned our backs on childhood, leaving it all behind, staying home with our mamas, making soap and cleaning house, tending charity gardens, and going to singing every other Sunday night. Always together, that was how things had been with us, and I hoped always would be. Mary and Katie. Sometimes my brother Eli would tease us. Torment is more like it, Mary would say, which was the honest truth. Eli would be out in the barn scrubbing down the cows, getting ready for milking, hollering to get our attention. He'd run the words together as if we shared a single name. Mary and Katie, get yourselves in here and help. Mary and Katie. We never complained about it. People knew we weren't just alike. Yeah, we liked to wear our good purple dresses to suppers and singing. But when it came right down to it, Mary and I were as different as a potato and a sugar pea. Even Mama said so. Thing is, she never put Mary in any of her storytelling. Guess you had to be family to hear your name mentioned in the stories Mom told, because family meant the world to her. Still, no girl should have been made over the way Mama carried on about me. Being Mom's favorite was both a blessing and a curse, I decided. In their younger years, my brothers, Elam, Eli, and Benjamin, were more ornery than all the wicked kings in the Bible combined, a regular trio of tricksters especially Eli and Benjamin. Elam got himself straightened out some last year around Thanksgiving, about the time he married Annie Fisher down Hickory Lane. The responsibilities of farming and caring for a wife and a baby here before long would settle most any fellow down. If ever I had to pick a favorite brother, though, most likely Benjamin would have been it, which isn't saying much, except that he was the least of my troubles. He and that soft-hearted way he has about him sometimes... Take last Sunday, for instance, the way he sat looking so forlorn at dinner after the preaching, when Bishop Byler and all five of his children came over to eat with us. The bishop had announced our upcoming wedding, his and mine, that day right after service. So now we were officially published. Our courting secret was out, and the people could start spreading the news in our church district, the way things had been done for three hundred years." The rumors about all the celery Mama and I had planted last May would stop. I'd be marrying John Byler on Thursday, November 21st, 
and become stepmother to his five young children. And yeah, we'd have hundreds of celery sticks at my wedding feast, enough for two hundred-some guests. Days after the wedding was announced, Benjamin put on his softer face. Today he'd even helped hoist me up to the attic to look for Mom's wedding dress, which I just had to see for myself before I finished stitching up my own. Ben stayed there, hovering over me like I was a little child, while I pulled the long dress out of the big black trunk, deep blue, with a white apron and cape for purity. The dress was as pretty as an Amish wedding dress could be. Without warning, Ben's words came at me, tumbled right out into the musty cold air. Did you ever think twice about marrying a widower with a ready-made family? I stared at him. Well, Benjamin Lapp, that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. He nodded his head in short little jerks. It's because of Daniel Fish.